Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Merhaba, merhaba, and welcome to episode 39 of the Lions Den, a Golf Today podcast done by the community for the community. Straight out of New York, they call me Emre, and I'll be your host for today. Hope all of you are doing fine this evening. My ass is still decompressing from our last game, and I'm sure my comrades joining me today can attest to that. Coming from the same continent as me, Coach John from Canada, how is your ass feeling today? Beautiful, as always. Thanks for asking. Happy to be back for another one. We're banging these out quick, like two a week now. Love it. And uh, we got, yeah, we got to make up for lost time. Yeah, 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 exactly. But it's good to be back. Good to be back. We got the big one on Sunday. We got this last podcast and then the big one on Sunday. So really looking forward to that. Yeah, I hope everyone's uh, excited for that as well. Excited for the chaos that is about to oh. ensue the on chaos, us. Chaos, yep. <laughs> That's my favorite historian from Orange Land talking. Salut. Yes. How are you feeling after your New Year's celebration? That's, now that I think of it, that's actually right. Yeah, I wasn't present there last time as uh, I had too much, what was it again? Medicine, I think, according to Summit, right? Medicine. <laughs> Medicine. Yeah, mm-hmm. so wasn't a bit able to make it, unfortunately, but we're healthy. We made it through. I have all my fingers still, you know, so doing fine. And on the footballing side, got another result. Wasn't pretty. We'll get onto that in a minute, but we won and that's all that matters. And we're back to being Lider Sarai, basically. So Lider Sarai. <laughs> where where we belong. You know, we're here, we're continuing our reign as leaders after a string of rough games. And this this Sunday we're going into arguably one of the hardest, I think, for this season in general. But before we even venture into those, into that whole discussion. You know, let's kick off with some of the things that we might have on the side. Many news or events or rumors you guys want to discuss about before we go into the Ankara Guji game. Any thoughts? Sali, tell us about the uh, famous VAR records that were released. (laughs) Yes, so for the people who've been following Turkish football in general, so not necessarily Galatasaray on its own, but just the Super League, as you guys might have been aware, some VAR records have been released after heavy pressure from the fan base, and these two happen to be one on our match against Sivaspor and another on the Antep one. And man, there there's so many thoughts I actually have about this. Like how bizarre it is that they released this out of the blue. How also they fell to pressure basically and just admitted that yeah, maybe we should show it because we are not trustworthy enough. I mean that's basically what Tefer is saying by this. And then you guys listen to it too, right? Like how, <laughs> what should I say? How unprofessional these guys are in the bar room. Honestly, it sounds like a Turkish cafe or whatever. Like I listened to the Bishtash one too. And okay, that was kind of weird too. But I think the ref was just like, what did he say? Abartyoya. Yeah. Like he's exaggerating basically the, the damage that he took from a headbutt. I still think it was a red card, but Oh well, that was normal, but the Galatasaray one, like, 
I don't even think they knew what they were doing. Like, John, like you listened to it too, right? Like, what were your thoughts on it? Like, it, yeah, it's like you said. They're it's they're so like nonchalant about it. Like they're so relaxed. Uh, it, exactly what you said, pretty much. Like it, it wasn't professional. It's not what I expected. Like what I thought happened, you know, in a conversation between the ref and the people in the VAR room was different than what we actually got. So I found that kind of funny. I was a little bit surprised by that. But I don't know, like, do you think that it was necessary to release that? Like the TFFN, just refs in general, were under, you know, a ton of heat, a ton of fire for some a few things that's happened in the last few weeks. So like, do you think it was a good idea for them to release that? Or do you think that just stirred the pot even more? I think personally, because um uh, because of just what I mentioned, like like how clueless they f- they looked, I think it stirred the pot actually a bit more. I don't think it really helped. I think the idea actually of like releasing this type of stuff, it's not bad. Like I'm not against transparency. It's good that we know. And usually these things are protected by TFFA. It's not done by us. We won't always see these. They just don't show it. Now they've shown it, but I'm so like, what should I say? <laughs> Disappointed, but also not surprised at the same time. Yeah, it's- I think people people might think that you know, the refs are even more incompetent than they originally thought. Really I, yeah, like I, th- I think that might be the, you know, general reaction from a lot of people. And that's pretty much what I thought too. Like I just didn't expect it. Like they're just having like a chill conversation basically. They're like, okay, we're looking. Okay, stop. Okay, go back, pull it back a little bit. Okay, Nelson's the first. Like it's weird. It's, you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. if you and I were like pausing the video and like talking about it ourselves. You know, I don't know why I thought it would be different, but. And the thing is, they were discussing kind of like what the rules were between them. (laughs) But I'm I'm thinking, I mean, you're the ones that are judging, right? You are the refs. You should know. You've been educated to know this stuff, but you still are, uh, well, hesitating. The, the, The other thing that really bothered me besides this is how, because it was kind of targeted towards well, Bishtash and us. And we are currently the leader, so we are seen as a big threat. I did really, I do really dislike the fact that now some other teams, well, namely the top teams, think that we are always being helped, which is clearly not the case. Like, I want to stress this. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm delusional on this stuff. I think I'm pretty rational, but we had one situation, maybe two. I can name another one, like the Nelson one. I don't remember what game it was, like, much earlier in the season where yeah the opposition should have maybe had a pen but this is like our second position where we ever have something in our favor unjustly of course um and then well this this whole thing starts yeah. and now we're called shikesarai and whatever i'm like i'm just yeah uh, but, but, i can't but like, deal with it you, you know you know for for our listeners as well it's i find it very amusing you know sometimes we get messages on social media reddit twitter whatever it may be and people are like i can't believe that you know you think that there's no favoritism towards galsarai like how could you possibly think that but it's like let's just look at the facts of the situation like i mentioned in the last podcast we went like nine or ten games without var even being considered when all the other teams no questions asked we'll go check the monitor no problem we'll check var no problem like Where's the favoritism? Because we got one call, like one questionable call in our favor, you know, like it makes no sense. And 
now that these records and these conversations between the VAR team have been released, I'm at the point now where I honestly wouldn't be surprised if like like in one of our matches if if VAR messes up a call, I wouldn't be surprised anymore because I mean, look how they make the decision, right? So like in a carefree way, so nonchalant. So if we don't if they go to VAR and they make a really bad decision against us, I really wouldn't be surprised, you know? This only incentivizes people to not go to VAR again, you know, because like, oh, I don't want to be, you know, kept from my job. I don't want to get fired because the guy at VAR exactly. doesn't have any uh, matches anymore. I think he's completely suspended, if I recall. Same with the the ref of that game as well. It's like they're not getting any more matches. So now that gives other uh, refs like, okay, I shouldn't give Galsari the time of day. I should just, you know, do whatever because if I give them, because here's the thing, if they make mistakes towards us they get you know um commended they don't get games taken away from them tefefe or mehake comes out and says you know they can make mistakes yada 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 but they constantly make mistakes and they get away with it we saw this day in and day out it, they had to make an absurdly bad call like uh the one against sasha bowie where he got the most ridiculous red card mm-hmm. i've ever seen because Alanya, right and people yeah yeah against alanya and that's what it took like and and you know what's crazy these fans that come and tell us oh we're being favorited somehow are just blind to that right but they'll, they'll they won't see all those times that we got screwed over but they'll see the one time you know it's like the saying do 99 good things but the only thing people remember is that one time you messed up and you did something bad that's what they'll remember and and, and, and the thing is right this is Again, now to broaden the uh, problem a bit. The ref problem in general is just a Turkish football problem. Um, yes, right now we are, uh, well, I would say, maybe biased, of course, as a fan, but we're not really being favored. But the thing is, just like you mentioned, right? Let's say something scandalous happens to another team. What does, let's say, the majority of the fans do? They're not going to be like, oh, that shouldn't be allowed. They're going to be like, oh, you know, good for you. You got, I don't know, punished very heavily. They don't... We don't also, in a way, help each other out, right? Like, we get punished yeah. severely. Who's going to help us? It's just us. Like, no Bishtashi fan or Fener fan would ever stick his head out for us. And also not the other way around. So, I feel like this problem is just... Uh, it's. Adentimur's trying to change that, though. Yeah. He's saying we want fairness for everybody. Release everyone's VAR records, you know? And they're not doing that. And as far as I know, they're not going to do that. That's at least a good thing I can say, that um, our position on it is... Pretty fair. I I won't say we go, uh, how should I put it, like starting fights on Twitter with other football accounts or whatever. I, I we're pretty on the moderate. Side we still of- do that too from time to time, but that's only if uh, we're like instigated to do that, mm-hmm. right? We can only expect but, so uh, much yeah. from Turks, though. Come on, like when they, <laughs> arguing on social media, that's you know it's in our DNA. Come on, <laughs> it's a trap in itself. But- <laughs> Yeah, so this got released, yeah. and now apparently messages have been come out that we won't release anymore, which, I mean, that's also really weird to me. Like, you just started, Ridiculous. and now you gave us two. Fair enough. Weird calls, and now suddenly, oh, we're not going to ever share them again. Yeah, that's why I think it was a bad move to do that in general. Like, mm-hmm. I can kind of see what they were trying to do, but I don't, like, it didn't work out the way that they thought it would. And especially now that they're saying we're not doing that anymore. I don't know. I've it's how convenient. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know. They just they kind of shot themselves in the foot with that one. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. You're kind of like destroying your credibility. 
Exactly. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, uh, they didn't even have any credibility to, like, begin with. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think uh, we can, like, venture on to other things because we can probably sit here and talk about oh, this yeah. all day, especially <laughs> with me, okay? Um, but, I don't know. I'm kind of over this whole ref situation. They've always been trashed. They're going to continue being trashed as long as this TFF and, uh, and Meha kit is run like this. I don't think anything will change. But, um, yeah, so Coach John, you want to take us in to our Ankara Guji game, which finished 2-1. Yes, yes, I do. So this was round 17 of the Super League. We were at home against Ankara Guji, like Emre just mentioned. It was a 2-1 victory. We'll uh, jump through some stats and the uh, starting 11 as well. I'll go through the starting 11 first. So we had Muslera and goal. Dubois starting in place of uh, the suspended Sasha Boy, Victor Nelson, Abdul Kerim, Van Anholt, Midsche, Berkan, Rashitsa, Mertens, Barish, and Gomis up front. Go through a couple stats here. 56% possession for Ankara Guju, 44% for Galsrai. 13 shots were 13 to 8 in favor of Galsrai. We had an XG of 1.75 compared to Ankara Guju's 1.28. And our highest rated player, according to SofaScore, was Berkan with uh, an 8.1 rating. So that's good to see and interesting as well. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll jump into, I guess, our thoughts on, on the match. We had a, a bit of a surprise start, I thought. Within the first 10 minutes... There were some uh, familiar faces that uh, came back to haunt us, and it was a goal. <laughs> it was a goal by Thailand, assisted by Emre Kulinch, and you know, of course, <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I've never seen a more like typical thing, like, and and it's so crazy, you know, Thailand. Like, I don't know if you can consider this goal a bicycle kick, but you know, it was some yeah. type of overhead kick. <laughs> like I've never seen Thailand move in this way in my entire life. So I literally, I was just laughing to myself. Like I was, I couldn't believe it. Like how else are you supposed to react to that? So the thing was, if I may interrupt, right? Yeah. I remember uh, in the group, you send a message and you tagged like Yasin, I think on something, something Thailand bicycle kick or just <laughs> Thailand. Uh, imagine Thailand did this. And I was just, <laughs> laughing at it, right? Because my streams at the delay. I was like, what the fuck's he smoking? Like, what is yeah. Thailand gonna do? And then <laughs> as the moment I look at my TV, I see this dude. <laughs> a failed bicycle kick which somehow went in through the post. I was like, what the fuck yeah. actually went in, right? Yeah, I know. Couldn't I know. believe it. it. Because I I literally typed the most unlikely thing ever. I just I just put in the chat, Thailand scores a bicycle kick. <laughs> it's like it literally what, happened. <laughs> yeah, like I don't think anyone has even ever imagined that happening. But of course, here we are. We and, find and ourselves as it flew in. Like the first thing, like I just looked up in this, like above, right onto the sky. Like <laughs> it just yeah. had to be right. Like yeah. these two players, so useless, and yeah. now suddenly they score against us. At least, if people were thinking about shady stuff, at least you can say, well, they scored against their own team. Like what else could they do to Ankaraguji? But uh, anyway, yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to that point a little bit later. There's something I have mm -hmm. to mention to that, but it'll fit in a little little bit later. But anyways, like I was saying, we found ourselves down one nil 
uh, in the first 10 minutes. I, I thought in the, you know, in the opening 15 minutes or so, I thought we were playing pretty well. A couple half chances, pace seemed to be on point, uh, seemed to be controlling the match a little bit. They got this one chance and miraculously scored. So we were down one nil, but um, just about eight or so minutes later, we had Bodish equalized for us. Um and made it one one. Beautiful ball in from the right. I believe it was Rashitsa who crossed it. Yeah. Uh beautiful ball in. Bodish scored the header, which also surprised me as well. I I don't look at him as that type of player that can score in those positions, but he did really well to score it. Um and that made it one one. And then just about fifteen minutes later, we had, of course, Gomis has to score. Um and you know, this goal that he scored, first of all, came from what looked to be almost like an impossible pass from Mertens, who's probably been our best player in the last, I don't know, four or five games. Really, honestly, impeccable. Just fantastic, man, in everything he does. He just made this, what looked to be an impossible pass through. Gomis brought the ball down and he kind of just turned, he had his back against the defender and kind of just turned and and he was able to put it in the, the bottom corner. And again, I, I'm, I, I really have to say it again. I don't know where we would be without Bafetimbi Gomis. And I, I cannot believe I'm saying that, especially like, listen, when we brought him back last year, you know, I think everyone could agree. Like we didn't expect much, you know, mm-hmm. maybe he'll score a goal here and there, you know, but I don't know where we'd be this season without his heroics. It's unbelievable. And, um, I, we've we seen it with our own eyes when we were in Istanbul. We went to two games and like I could see Gomis looked like he was ready to be put in a wheelchair and say, mm-hmm. you know, that's enough from you. You had a good career. Thanks we were, for coming out. We were hoping like he had this clause, right? That he had to score 10 goals or whatever. Yeah. Otherwise it wouldn't be um, extended. We were kind of hoping like, oh, hopefully he won't reach that and it'll just be done. But man, this season... Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> he's really putting us on his back, I have to say. And no penalties, I think, right? He he hasn't scored a penalty this season. I, I, I mean, as far as I, mean, I can remember, I think it's been all open goals, no? Actually, yeah. that's true. Like last year, he did have some decent penalties. like three or four yeah, penalties. Exactly. Yeah, This season, it's all But this him. season, it's like not. Yeah. That's because we don't get penalties. You know, the guys <laughs> that say that we're favored, where's our penalties? No, yeah. Meanwhile, oh, okay. there's a, a certain other team that seems to be getting them every other time, you know? They, they step into the box. So yeah, no, just, also just outside saying. the box, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and that too, but no, no one likes to talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that. Pretty much brings us to halftime. It finished two uh, one at the end of the first half. Uh, what do what do you guys think? What if anything stood out to you at all that I didn't mention in the first half? The first half, I just wanted to touch on one thing that's been bothering me this past couple of games. It has been yet again another like stop ball corner or free kick what have you we're always conceding from these free kicks and it's not like we didn't have our main defenders we did we still had Gomez as well that who you know he comes in and tries to help with the defense while we're conceding these corners I don't know what's going on John I don't know as a coach what do you think is going on with this this whole like um the situation of us constantly concede because we don't seem to like concede from open play which is absolutely fantastic but we're constantly conceding from, you know, set pieces and stuff. What do you think is going on? Like, I, I, I need an answer to this. Yeah, you know what's interesting? Um, I feel like that's been our weakness for a really long time, defending set pieces. And, you know, 
on the other side of that, we haven't been able to score very many. And I, I think I think that's slowly improving, like us being able to score on set pieces. But in terms of defending them, I'm really not sure. It's just a mix of, ba- I think, bad defending. Um, you know, I think in certain cases, awareness. positioning, awareness, mm-hmm. positioning could improve a lot. I think in a lot of cases, corners could even be prevented. If you're in the right position to begin with, you can probably defend a player you know, better without conceding the corner, right? So I think it's a lot of little yeah. things that all combine that lead up to that. But definitely, you know, in these big matches, like on Sunday, especially, it would be a, it would be a shame, honestly, if we were to concede on a corner. Like these are the games you need to be locked in, laser focused. Exactly. You know, every little detail matters. You know, if you're standing two inches to the left, that could be the difference between defending a corner and conceding it, right? So. Absolutely. I, yeah, I think it's a lot of and little things. And the thing things. is, but the thing is, the thing that, that stuck in my head is I don't remember having this issue before the World Cup, right? Because I'm like, ah, oh, we concede once in a while from, you know, set pieces. But it wasn't like every single game that we played after the World Cup. We seem to concede one from a set piece of sorts. So that, that's my biggest issue and my biggest worry because, you know, some teams can just, you know, overload you with corners and just you just concede out of the bat. Mm-hmm. There's some teams in this league that are really good at it. Like you mentioned, Sunday, Fenerbahce is going to be their, their, their goals. A lot of them come from set pieces, right? So we got to be careful. And I hope Okan is like going towards something that fixes this issue. I mean, I mean he fixed a lot of issues so far, but this is one issue in particular I really want to see. Yeah. Um, but as for the first half, like that's basically what I wanted to say. Maybe, but like I'll I'll leave more criticisms towards the second half if I remember. If I could add anything, um, all I could say is Abdul Kerim actually had a very big chance too, a header which he completely like fumbled. Unfortunately, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it went wide. And also, and that's more question to you guys, Mertens, he got tackled sort of from behind uh, in a penalty box, and the ref decided to not give a penalty. Nor did he actually watch the position, but. What were your guys' position on that? Because to me, even though maybe soft, it does kind of feel penalty-ish, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it does get tagged from behind. Yes, of course, like there was a position before where Dries Mertens just, well, basically dived uh, right in front of the ref. He's lucky not to get a yellow card for that when he tried to win the free kick. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. afterwards, um, well, I guess maybe the ref just fought. Yeah, probably not again. But what did you guys think on that? Because to me, it does feel kind of like a penalty. I think it was like, I don't know. I think there possibly could have been something there. But I don't know, man. Like, honestly, I, I choose now to just not stress myself out about, about it. Like, I would go back and watch it 40,000 times and get so pissed off that it wasn't a penalty. Mm-hmm. And then go on Twitter and start saying all this craziness. But I don't know, man. He, the ref didn't give it at the end of the day. And like... I don't know. It is what it is, man. Like I said, these refs, you know, I, I'm losing confidence day by day. And especially with the uh, the videos and, you know, the audio that was released. I don't know. I'm not sure, man. There, day there by day, there. you haven't lost you haven't lost confidence yet, bro. I have zero confidence in these guys. <laughs> zero. <laughs> I got that piece. Losing man. confidence. You're, you're a saint. <laughs> you're, you're a saint. And for me, bro, I wouldn't give a penalty for that. <clears throat> Hell no, bro. It's like, first of all, he's going away from the keeper, from the goal. He's no angle to shoot, right? But the the thing is, in this league, I've seen penalties just like that. 
for even dumber situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. so I'm stuck in a loop of um, well, if it's this, then this should be a pen. But this this is a stupid pen, so this shouldn't be a pen. And it's just a never ending cascade of that like is, uh, that is true though. Yeah. Like logic, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like I this is why I prefer like pen like it has to be a really, really like clear opportunity for a guy to like not be able to shoot, you know, for it to be a pen for me personally. Mm-hmm. Because like every little push or nudge just should not be a penalty. Yeah, that, that's, is, that's just my... Which is fair. Like, I mean, I do get your point. Like, uh, the way I also like to look at pen situations, even though I still think, you know, might have been a pen. If it was the other way around, if like an Ankara Guju player, like, I don't know, Aliso or whatever, ran into the yes, box exactly. and we tackled him like that and they gave a pen, would we be pissed? Eh, probably as well. Like, mm, there was no yeah. opportunity for him. So, fair point. Um... What else can I add about the first half? Not much. Maybe Van Aanholt just uh, ruining an offside trap for the first (laughs) goal. You could say that, but... Not surprising. Besides that, I think first half, generally speaking, still went pretty well. Like We weren't up to par, Mm -hmm. to be quite frank. We weren't like our usual selves, Mm -hmm. but I guess that could be attested to us missing like five players or such. Right? So I can't really blame the team just yet. Yeah, and I mean, so you know, we went into yeah. the second half. Like I said, it was we, we were winning two one, but you know, I really have to admit, I I I didn't feel comfortable whatsoever in this second half for a lot of different reasons. One, Ankara Guju really, you know, I it it felt like they were going to score. That's the first reason. The second thing, I think everyone was praying, praying to whoever you pray to, whoever it is you pray to. <laughs> that Abdul Kerim and Mertens did not see a yellow card. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. I thought for sure one of them was going to get booked. I can't, I cannot believe they made it out of that. So the the combination of these two things made, I, I thought, a really unsettling second half. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we didn't really play well to begin with. I mean, in the second half, I mean, right, right out of the gates, we looked, the tempo dropped a little bit. We seemed a little bit more reserved, like... You know, I don't want to say, not to say that we were comfortable with the two one two one lead. Like, I, there were definitely there were definitely moments in the second half where we were trying to push to get the third. But uh, just overall, when you look at those last forty five minutes, I, I don't think it was comfortable for anyone. And uh, not to mention, there were some subs that I thought came really late as well. But um, what did you guys think overall of the second half? This was probably my most stressful game to date thinking about it like i opened up the, the pod was saying my butt's still de- decompressing <laughs> it's still decompressing like I, I dude i was so stressed i couldn't like focus at that point like always thinking of like what happens if this happens what happens if this happens? what if we can see yeah. you know what if up to kid gets yellow who plays on sunday you know it's just like oh, dude I, but i'm just glad at the end they didn't see a yellow card because I think Mertens and up to Kidam is, I think, by far two of the most crucial players to this team. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Because you don't really have a replacement for Mertens and you don't... Like, I guess you do have a replacement for up to Kidam, but I don't trust him as much as I trust up to Kidam. Yeah, right? sorry, Summit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know what? So, so in the 70th minute, right? Okan made his first sub. Gomis came out and Kedem came in. At that moment... Who's also on a yellow. Exactly. At that moment, we have three key players on the pitch who 
are at risk of suspension, right? So that makes you clench even a little bit harder. Even though you know, even if I think Kerem, he if if he got it, if he got booked, we have, like Bodish is, I don't know, he's kind of in good form right now. So it, I don't think that'd be the end of the world. But still, we had three players at risk of suspension, so that's a a little bit nervy, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And um. Yeah. No, I I was just gonna say um. I, there was another moment as well where I thought for sure uh, Thailon was going to get his second against us, um, mm-hmm. and it just didn't work out. They played a ball through. It was a little bit. He his body was sort of in a weird angle, and it it didn't end up happening. I can't remember if it was. It was blocked. a handball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Re- regardless, he he ended up missing. I can't remember if it was blocked or saved by Muslera. It was blocked. It was a handball. It was blocked anyway. by Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. So. I thought for sure, I, as soon as they played him in, I was like, oh my God, here we go. But it didn't work out. And then I think it was shortly after that, you know, <laughs> may, maybe one of the biggest, probably the biggest moment of the match, which people are still talking about, was uh, a mischanced by uh, Emre Kalinch with pretty much, you know, I, I would say a fully open goal. My um, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the ball came across. Muslera was pretty much in no man's land and he, I don't know, man, I, I'm not, I'm still not sure how he missed, but uh, he did. And, and you know that he missed shots like that before. It's not new. No, that, I think that's when not we were new. playing for the champions, yeah. uh, the, the year we lost by one goal, I think he missed a super simple goal like that as well. I can't remember what game it was. Yeah. Like, but I, we were flaming him for a week or two. You know, when you watch it back, I mean, Again, I think it, I think it's harder to miss than it is to score. But I think it's just one of those moments where the ball came across so fast, and you know, either his footing wasn't right or something like that, and he just got up at the wrong angle and just directed it wide, right? But I don't know. I I don't think the art like because right now the fans of other teams are just having a field day, you know, saying this is expected and he missed on purpose and all of this shit, but. I mean, he has, yeah. Okay, he, then why did they score the first goal? Exactly. I mean, he assisted Thailand. Thailand did a bicycle kick, celebrated for like two seconds afterwards, and Thailand was still coming for blood after that. Like Thailand wanted to score a hat trick in this game, you know. So I don't know how much merit there is to that argument. It's, I mean, it's a little bit silly. I think when you watch it, it's easy to say that, but if you think about some, a few other things, then it's not really that crazy. I mean, he's on loan for a reason, anyways, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I think that was probably the biggest uh, moment of the second half. But uh, what do you guys think about that? About the 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 miss yeah. in general. Yeah. I like I said, I expected from him. Otherwise, he wouldn't be you know in Ankaragudru, and he'd still be playing for us. That's that's yeah. that's all I gotta say about <laughs> yeah, it. These things much. happen. We could probably mention a bunch of other teams who played, you know, former players that did just as you know yeah. shady things like that. So I, I don't really care what they have to say, <laughs> yeah. to be quite frank. It's just um I guess just like Emre mentioned before, he's loaned for a reason. Of course, this is not the only reason, but I I couldn't believe my eyes. Like right before that moment, I just can't like imagine the ball just already going in, but somehow just fucking went wide I, of course I'm happy <laughs> for it but what can I say it's yeah, just, yeah I mean it made us still win the game we we due to that and of course we had our missed chances too I mean we had Barish Alper after that uh, as well when we went like 3 on 2 or whatever but 
these things happen. Like, you can't always score. It's still miraculous that he missed that, but of course. Yeah, I mean, it's like an- another thing about it as well that, you know, it's sort of related to it. When you look at our last few games, I think, actually, I think they all have finished 2-1. I think the last, like, four games or something has finished 2-1, right? And that in itself is a problem, you know, especially against teams that are in relegation. I The games have just been way too close, man. Like, even if you give Emre that goal, okay, even if he scores it, I mean, I feel like at that point, at that stage in the match, we should already be up minimum two goals, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we're playing at home. The stakes are just so huge, man. You need to have three points. We want to go into this final match being leaders. And it's like we're clenching every single game. And, that is true. you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like, can, can you guys say with confidence that we've been playing well? Like, can you say that we've been playing good football or I don't know? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think this game in particular is like the first time I, I can actually with confidence say this is our worst match. One of the worst matches for being at home. Right. Mm-hmm. And the previous games, we would have higher XGs. We'd have a ton of, you know, shots missed and well, you know, we can still say, yeah, at least we got into positions, right? We didn't get into many positions this game. And for some reason, we just, you know, just start like, I don't know, breaking down after the second half, mm-hmm. especially after the 60th minute. Like, I don't know what's going on. This has been a theme ever since yep. we came back from the World Cup. I guess it could be like the form demographic of our players is just not ready to handle like really intense games. Whereas these teams are probably coming for blood, bro. They're the teams we're playing yeah. are on the bottom half of the table. They're they're going at it with everything they got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like so I think that could be part of that. And and I mean, so we, we played Istanbul Sport at home on December twenty fifth, right? That was very dominant, right? The first half. Like Yeah, and it's like, you know, that was the first game back after how many weeks off. So it, the match finished two one. Okay, one goal game probably could have been a higher score line, but okay, fine. It was a one goal game. Then the game after that, we were away to Sivas. You, doesn't matter where they are in the table. You know that's going to be a tough match. We won 2-1. Okay, one goal game again. And then you have this game as well. You would think that maybe the third game in after the break, we have a little more confidence or a little more uh, comfortable. And I don't know. I just, I feel like even if we have some suspensions or injured players, whatever the case may be, I, I feel like we could be putting in better performances, honestly. but. Um, you know, in true Galatasaray fashion, I'm sure on Sunday we're going to play the big game and play well. And, you know, Hopefully. against these teams that are in like 16th place, it's a 2-1 game, right? So um, yeah. I, I wanted to... Honestly... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Can you, can you, can you just say, like, I can't say Ankara Guju played bad. I think they played extremely well. I think their uh, form is rising quickly. I was mm-hmm. really impressed with how they played, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think the, the half really benefited them. So that could also be, I know they're in the bottom half of the leaderboard, but again, these teams are, are, are trying, they're trying not to relegate. So they're going to put everything on the line. For sure. That's why I prefer playing these teams early on in the season mm-hmm. rather than later on in the season. Because then they have to fight for their life, right? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, maybe that's the issue. I wanted to ask, you know, we, it's, it's almost becoming a tradition for us now, every episode to ask what we thought about uh, Okan's subs in terms of, you know, when they came in the match and who was subbed and things like that. We played the, um, there was one match 
uh, I can't remember which one. I think it was, yeah, it was the Sivas match, I think, where he made bad subs. Or I can't remember mm-hmm. which match it was, but anyways, we go back and forth. One match we argue. Yeah. yeah, like one match we argue the subs were horrible. It almost lost us the game. The next match we say, oh my God, Okan Buruki learned and he fixed it. And then now we're in this game. And I think, I don't know, man, it was pretty questionable, I think. So let me go through the subs. I'll give one or two thoughts about it. You guys can say what you think as well. So like I mentioned, we had uh, the first sub in the 70th minute. It was Karam coming in for Gomis. In the 83rd minute, we had a double change. Rashitsa came off for Yunus and uh, Mertens came off for Yusuf. And then in stoppage time, we had Barish come off for Baran and Mitsho come off for Seferovic. So we had four subs um, from the 83rd minute onwards into stoppage time. So, you know, I'm, I'm just going to give my thoughts on it. I think that, I mean, we, we pretty much in a sense got outplayed in this second half. Like Ankara Guju were pressing us at, you know, in, in waves. They would have three to four minute periods where they were really pressing us. They had possession, looks like they wanted to attack we would get the ball back for maybe one or two minutes and try to do something on our end, right? So they, they were attacking us in waves. And I think that really, you know, started to break us down. And I, I saw a lot of tired legs and the subs didn't come until the 83rd minute, especially, especially Mertens and Abdul Kerim. Like Abdul Kerim, I understand a little more because it's a one goal game, but man, he almost waited till the 90th minute to take Mertens off when... I really don't know if that was necessary. Like, that's so risky. That's so risky. So I don't know. I don't know what this infatuation is that Okan has with making these late subs. He loves making subs in like, like past the 80th minute. And honestly, I'm not a fan of that. And he, he's a fan of making like four changes at once or like triple changes, which I said in the last episode as well is so dangerous sometimes. You can just ruin your flow and momentum, right? So, yeah. What do you guys think of just like the the su- the actual subs he made and you know the timeliness of it? Um, well, the Kedam one already was mentioned before. I think that was risky too. He's on a basically one yellow card away from suspension against Fener. Okay, yes, you might say that Barish is a better player, or whatever. But still, you want to have him available. Like, there's no reason to necessarily put him in uh, right away. Uh, and for Gomis too, which is like our target man, basically up front. Like you put a, how should I put it, just a PC winger for a target man. Oh well, you do that. Um, Yunus, honestly, I didn't really have a problem with that. I think that was actually a fine sub. We haven't seen him in a long time. And uh, to be fair, I don't think his performance was that bad either. It was, it was pretty all right. But on the Mertens part too, like not only given his card suspension, his age, just like you mentioned before, tired legs. I would have loved to seen him be subbed off earlier too. Because he's so crucial. Like for someone at his age still, he puts in a lot of work. He's like everywhere. And basically risking him to miss that game, I I think it was a really bad call. Now, the 90 plus 4, 90 plus 5 subs, I just I guess that's just to waste some time. I don't really know why Elshu would do those anyway. Um, but then I would also wonder, like, who else would we have brought on and at what time then? Like, Emine, what would you think on that? And your thoughts, of well, course. Well, 
Well, you know, before I answer that question, I have a different little outlook on this situation. Uh, cue the suspense music, you know, uh, Summit always plays. What if, what if Okan Buruk didn't play them and then we did lose? Then people would say, oh, are you afraid of Fenerbahce? Are losing players for Fenerbahce that you, you know, sacrificed this game? You know, but what if, let's say, Okan Buruk is purposely played them just to get into Fenerbahce's mind. He's like, <laughs> I don't need Mertens. I don't need Optu Kerem. I'll beat you without them if they get a yellow card or not. Kerem, I'll throw him in too. You think I care? I don't care. <laughs> Maybe he did that just on purpose to get into their heads. 40 chess move. Right big, ch- big brain, <laughs> alpha male, sigma male moves right there. <laughs> what, did you guys ever think of that? <laughs> I don't know, man. Big balls, Buruk. I don't know if that's a thing, but I don't. Big balls for a short guy. That's that's for sure. <laughs> like I think um, I I would have started Mertens, but I I the only other change like to start the match I would have made is I I wouldn't have started Abdul Kerim. I would have just started Emin. Like Emin Bayram, you know, I don't think he's at Abdul Kerim's level, but I I mean I I trust him a decent amount especially in a match like this at home. I don't know. I think it would have worked out, but but there's two sides to the coin, man. Like you start all these guys and it works or you start all these guys and it's a disaster and now you don't have three key players against Fenerbahce, which is this is going to be the biggest match of the season probably, right? Mm-hmm. So it could go either way. Just thank God it worked out. So, you know, having that big, those big balls worked out this time for Buruk. So like, I guess he used his big balls in some parts of his brain too, because like like we mentioned before, we were already missing some key players like Sergio, Torreira, mm-hmm. a, a normal left back, just anything besides Van Arnold, right? Like mm-hmm. he had to have some players regulars. And with that, I think Abdul Karim was, in my opinion, fine. Him staying, I can understand, just like you mentioned before, we weren't dominating them. The second half, we were just being outplayed. I mean, you already mentioned the possession part, but what was it again? Like 44%? That's uh, that's kind of low. Right. Um, so that I can live with. It's just the first one you mentioned, or actually the first two, the Keraman bringing in, I find really unnecessary and un- and very risky. And um, bring out Mertens this late. Look, gladly it worked out, of course, but still... I get where M is coming from too. <laughs> yeah, like I said, there's two sides game, to the coin, you know. It, it, there's two sides to it. It's thankfully it worked out, but look, in the end, yeah, in the end we won. They're not suspended, so we can all praise whoever you're praising, but <laughs> could have gone a very different way. I mean, look at the two players that he did keep on. Mertens, he's a smart guy. He doesn't make yeah. unnecessary fouls, right? Yeah. He plays smart. He uses his brain. Same with Optukedim. He didn't take any chances. You know, he if it's a bad tackle, he said, like, I'm not going to tell you. I'd rather go out in a corner or a yeah. potential shot, you mm-hmm. know? Maybe that's why Ankaraguji came at us so frequently because we didn't really, like, risk those challenges as often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, you know I, I, mean? I have to praise both Mertens and Abdul Kerim for the way that they played. Like, they, they didn't sacrifice, you know, their performance or the quality of their performance whatsoever. You know, while being careful, while trying to avoid the booking, they still played perfectly and Mertens I, I don't know what else to say about him like he's just phenomenal right yeah so what what do you, you know you know yeah go- I was just before we go into the next thing you know who else was phenomenal our man of the match 
Bad Khan, Mello. or we should call him Bad Ko. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to ask what you guys oh. think about our highest rated player, Bad Khan. Surprise, surprise. Oh man, if Yasin was here. Oh, I know. I was about to say that. I swear to God. <laughs> if only well, was I'm here. just, uh, my, like, uh, I can think what you guys are going to say before you guys say it. <laughs> Tell us. Wow. Tell us the connection. I mean, what is there to the say? Chemistry. He just took the opportunity. Very well. That's all I can say. He was everywhere. He stole every ball that there was. He won his duels. Of course, he still had, unfortunately, but very minor, but like one Berkan moment, right? Uh, <laughs> I think the end of the first half. He had a beautiful shot. I almost thought it went in, but again, yeah. of course, knowing it's him, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. it went wide. But yeah, what can I say? Like, what I can actually say besides his performance is, it's good that he performed this way. Like giving, again, himself some confidence and knowing that we do have, you know, uh, a good a substitute. Yeah, player. viable substitute on the bench. Because him, compared to Mitchell, I think Mitchell was a lot more, you know, I didn't really realize he even played the first half, to be really honest. I don't think... It wasn't great. It wasn't as active, right? Meanwhile, Berkan, he was everywhere. Yeah. He... He, man just can't get tired. Like, and he played like, the entire match too without getting a booking. Nothing. That's really impressive in my opinion. When you think about this, like for for the our, you know the list of players that we have that can play in that position, right? So in my order, at least, we have Torreira, Sergio, Micho, and Berkan. Right? Berkan would be, for me would be the last on that list, and that doesn't mean he's bad, right? So we have really good options there, I find, you know, like today, what would typically be Sergio and uh, Torreira was Micho and Berkan. And I thought it worked out. I, I, I thought it worked out, right? So we have good quality there. And um, I mean, I'm happy for Berkan, like, you know, obviously he wants to be a starter. He, he mentioned as well, I think it was before the season or at the end of last season, uh, how hard he's working for that spot as well. And you mm -hmm. can see that in the way that he plays. Like, he takes chances. Like, he, he shoots from outside the box now. You know, he looks more forward. Um, you know, I, in tip... He's more confident. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, in, in, you know, in true Berkan fashion, running 40,000 kilometers a match, you know, like, ridiculous, whatever it is, whatever numbers he, he pulls. But, yeah, I thought he played well. He deserved that performance. And it's comforting knowing, even if things go really bad... You know, at least Berkan isn't horrible. You know, he's he's tolerable and he, he can put in good performances still, right? Yeah. I love yeah. I love how at first it was about yeah, he did he did good and at least he isn't horrible. Yeah. He's passable. He's <laughs> tolerable. Yeah, yeah tolerable. Bro, like. bro, I mean I mean, but if you look at it on paper, right? It's like how many people look at that list of midfielders and, and will just shit on Berkan? Yeah, like of course. No, I like pretty much everyone I know just shits on Berkan, except for like maybe two or three, like maybe two people, right? Yasin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so like, you know, he, he's not really bad. He, if, he, when the time comes, he can play, he can put in a shift, he can put in a performance, right? I'm not saying he's going to be the man of the match every time, but no, I think yeah. he's usable. And if you look mm -hmm. at, if yeah. you compare him with Emre Kulinch and Thailand, Thailand. I'd, I'd pick, I'd pick Berkan. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and mm -hmm. and you know that just goes to show the other two are playing for Ankara Gudja. He's still here, right? So he definitely still offers us something, you know. 
Absolutely. So what I just what I just really like about Berkan in general are just two things. One, okay, this season of course we don't use him as much, but the man is never injured. He's always available right, whenever right. you need him. Right. And second thing, bro, just I don't know, tell him to jump off a bridge, he'll do it. Like, bro, this this guy just Yeah. He works really, really hard. Of course, he may not have the best qualities, but he does have two very crucial ones, in my opinion. Those are like useful ones. For example, if you compare it to another player, uh, not on our team, I'll just compare it to, like, Del Alley. Very, very different uh, example, but he's a talented guy, but he's known to be lazy. Like, what use do you then get out of him? Right, If you can't right. really put in the work. And imagine this the guy, country he came to, eh? Being a lazy player and coming to Turkey, that's crazy. <laughs> he found the right place, you could yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I I can only respect that. And the handy part is as well, he's Turkish. So we do kind of really need him. Yeah. Uh, in situations like these, because how many Turks did we have on the field? I think, again, only three, right? Right. Yeah, I think so, actually. Yeah, only three. Yeah, Bar- Abdu Kerim, Barış, Barış, Barış and Berkan. Yeah. yeah, so just, uh, yeah, happy for him. That's all I can say. Hope it continues. Hope it uh, doesn't, f- well, it won't fall down. And, yeah. Uh, so um, so at, at the other end of the spectrum now, you know, mm-hmm. let's talk about our worst player, which I'm just going to assume we can all agree, Patrick Van Anholt. Um, I don't. I really don't know what the issue is. I don't know if it's some type of mental issue he's having. He's just so bad, man. He is. He's just terrible. Like he can't do anything. He's always out of position. Um, he he offers very little for us going forward. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, last season he put in so many good performances, and uh, he's fallen off so hard this season, man. Like. I'm just at the point now where I, I can't wait until he's gone. Um, and hopefully that's soon. But, you know, it's it sucks to see that he's fallen off that hard. But wh- what do you guys think? Is it is it a mental thing? Is, you know, is, is his time just done? What is it? His time is definitely done. He's like in his 30s. He, dude, as someone that like constantly relied on his physicality, like he doesn't have any vision. His crosses are terrible but like what set him apart from most players is defensively he was solid and he was always available Mm -hmm. and he he was quick you know that's what we really rely because this isn't new like his performance this year it's like oh van onholt cannot cross he cannot you know finish a cross or set Mm -hmm. but that was the same last year right yeah that was the same last year but what set him apart was how like he was able to control his side of the pitch i was never in 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 any like you know um state of worry when he was playing on that left wing. I'm like, okay, that's going to be fine. He's going to handle his man, whoever it is. Yeah. Like the Barca game, right? He was fantastic. He, he did very well. But now it's like he just completely fell off. I don't know. What do you think uh, as his Dutch compa- uh, companion? <laughs> I. That's a very good question because that's something I wonder too. Um, for our most loyal listeners so would say we had a tier list I know we're not very proud of it but <laughs> <laughs> I put Van Arnold pretty high up I think I had him like B or A I think even A tier because just nah, like was B. just like Emre has mentioned before he was always available defensively solid of course going forward he wasn't the best at least for the crossing part he's you know he's quick and such but just the final delivery wasn't there and this season 
Like, even defensively, he seems kind of lost. I don't know where that just came from. Is it due to his partner? Because Marcao maybe, like, covered his weaknesses, whereby we just didn't see it. Maybe that was the case. I, I truly don't know. And about the time that he has left, the only reason I would say that his time is up is just because he's a foreigner. And, well, we only have a certain amount of spots, so it's kind of... A yeah. high value position. And his 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 spot right now, like that position is very it's highly sought after for a Turkish player for our team. Mm -hmm. Like we have Abdul Kerim, that's one hundred percent. We're gonna have a Turkish winger, that's a hundred percent, either Kerim or Badish. And we don't really have any other room on the pitch for one except for left back. Mm -hmm. Right? So yeah, I think the clock is ticking on Van Anholt. Mm -hmm. So yeah, well <laughs> what else can I say? It's just I mean, since he's still here, of course, I hope he somehow picks it up. But this season, he's been really uh, uninspiring. And it's just wasteful. It's, it feels, I don't know, you lose the ball just way too often. I feel like it's not very handy to have in defense. That's all I can say. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'll, I'll thank him for the, uh, of course, sorry to cut you off. I'll thank him for the great pictures he took, of course, at the Bish, uh, at the, yeah. the <laughs> and such. But yeah, yeah. But unfortunately... Uh, <laughs> it's done yeah. now i think it's done i think um if you guys maybe want to move on to the um the derby predictions if if no one has anything left to add for the match well i think we talked about most of the stuff so let let me say uh just before we give our predictions let me say this um we're going into this match away from home uh, we're one point ahead of Fenerbahce in first place. Fener are in second place. Um, we're the number one ranked team away from home this season. Hmm. Fenerbahce are number one ranked in goals scored. So I think this is going to be a really interesting match, especially if we're at full strength, which I think we will be. Um, I think Okan... A lot of people are saying that um, they think Gomis is going to start. I honestly wouldn't be surprised with you if Icardi started this match. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I think Fenerbahce, I honestly think they're, they're expecting Gomis to, to, uh, to start the match. But I think Okan Buruk might pull a fast one. So we'll see what happens. But I know Emre is not giving his prediction and it's yeah. working miracles. It is working miracles. <laughs> so we are two, one, not, two, one, two, one. We we are not changing that. I could tell you that right now. So Emre, I won't ask you, but Sale, what's your prediction for the derby? <sighs> always, always very hard and interesting to do these. But having said all of that, I think okay. I fought a long time, and of course, you guys can see me from the listening from podcast. <laughs> I was just looking up. Um, I think it'll be a draw. I'm telling you. I just wow. He goes with the safe answer. <laughs> no, no, not safe. I mean, I go. I go for the safe answer just because we're neck and neck. I think just that's how the game will be dictated. I think both sides will kind of be, even though I think Finn are a bit more on the cocky side, so to say. I think both sides will just try not to really lose because whoever loses, well, loses the leader spot again. Um, and we play away uh, it's just a draw but what will it be I think uh, I think a, you know what a shocker I think a nil-nil just a draw 
A lot of drama. Really, the teams a... that score the most goals in the league, nil nil. But hey, we defend the best, so I can see know. it. I can see it, Sally. I can see it. I can, see... bro. These games are always so close, man. They're it always is. so freaking close. Like, and... yeah, go ahead. Now I just like my predictions a bit. Uh, I should say a bit tinfoily hairish, like it's a bit <laughs> conspiracy type. Because look, most derbies ended in a draw, right? Some yeah. red card to this or that team, but always like in a draw. Then we had the period that we suddenly started winning at their home mm. twice in a row. Also the period where we started to not win the Super League anymore. So new curse, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and then last year we had... Uh, under our wonderful administration with Burak Elmas, we lost twice from them. Uh, one, I wouldn't say was really that fair, but okay. So, I think we're back to square. Just a nil-nil classic. Yeah, they can they can keep beating us for all I care. As long as we're champions, by all means, have a twenty another twenty-year curse. I literally could not care well, less. Well, well, it's they've made it clear that's all they care about. Like they only care about beating us. They they're clearly not interested in winning any trophies. Like that's not on their to do list. I can tell you that right now. They they're winning against us is a trophy. Exactly in their in their brain. Exactly seems like exactly. So it is what it is. But you know, <clears throat> for my prediction, I would have to go with what's become muscle memory to us now, which is a two one win. You know, <laughs> it's just it's just muscle memory at this point. We have to win two one. That's what it is, right? So I think we're yeah. gonna. I think we're gonna win two one. Like, look, I don't want to give any type of jinx, but I've been saying this for a while now. I really don't think Fenerbahce are a good team. I don't. <laughs> I think their. I think their backline and the way they defend as a team is fucking horrendous. I don't know how else to put it. And you can see in the result, in some of their results as well, like some of the goals that they concede and the amount of goals that they concede. I just don't think they're a good team. And I don't think Jorge Jesus is a good coach either. <laughs> and I, I think that we're going to get three points here. I really do. So if they can prove me wrong, then congratulations. There's your uh, trophy for the season. You won't be getting any more. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's my prediction. So We'll we'll see what happens. I'm I'm so excited, man. Like this is the first time in a while where there's some genuine hype around this. You know, just neck and neck. That usually doesn't happen when these men. It's it's just so close. It's, it's been so a while. Close. It's been a while. It has been so. And look, there's nothing like the hype in this match. This derby between these two teams, the age old rivalry. It's the best thing about football in Turkey. So I hope everyone enjoys it. I hope we enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Any last closing remarks from you guys? I, I'm, I'm re- like one thing I'm concerned about for this game that's coming up is the ref because of how much pressure that's been put on from you know both sides actually, but more so than from Fenerbahce. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that this will be a fair game. No, no foolish semantics. No, you know, yalaka look. Oh, I gave. The wrong, you know, yellow card here. So I'm gonna give this a yellow card to yeah, this person. Mm. None of that. Mm. The balance. No, give what you see, and only what you see, and what's fair. Okay. Don't. don't I hate this. Like, like <laughs> I want to talk about the game, not the referee. You know, I want to say, yeah, we deserve to lose that game, or we deserve to win that game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's like ha, that's that's my biggest issue or my biggest concern so far, and you know. You know, Sally, the thing about what you said was, 
it's always been tied, like ties in 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 history. I think that's because of the refs. They they're like, oh, I don't want to, oh, you know, get flamed oh, by sure. Galatasaray. Yeah. I don't want to get flamed by uh, Fenerbahce. So I'm just gonna keep it nil nil. So that's why you probably see a lot of uh, yeah, like draws uh, in history. Like one ref that comes to my mind, like Junaid Chakar, bro. He would always like try to go for a draw, basically. Biggest AMG. Yeah, it was uh, like, what should I say? Not fun, basically. Of course, <laughs> you don't want to lose, but like, come on, like. They're literally going for the draw. Anyway, on the ref part, it is indeed going to be interesting. Uh, because, well, from our side, well, the uh, fan base feels like we've been treated fairly or, what, or favorably. But also, the few times I've watched Fenepache play, like a few occasional times, they do press a lot. So I wonder how their press will work against a team that is good in this case. Um, and how many fouls they'll commit to that. Because I feel like... I think their forwards and such can also be booked pretty easily because they start their press very early on. So, we'll see about that. It's going to be very interesting. Looking forward to it. I wonder how many, I wonder how many red cards will be at this game. <laughs> might, might be a record with both teams and how they press. It's possible. You're right. So, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm hopeful. Yeah, yet again let's compress that air again. No decompressing. We're just going to compress it up again. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> Well, with that said, I think we came to the end of our podcast, boys. And so we'd like to thank everyone that stood with us till now. You guys are awesome. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. If you have any questions for us, you can reach us at the Lions Den GS on Instagram and Twitter. Take care of yourselves and stay hopeful. Peace out. Peace. Bye bye.